Blog Talk Radio. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? My name is Quincy. And this is my show, the Talk to Q Radio Show. It's almost like posting a blog, except I'm doing it live.
discussing racial double standards. The call-in number to step on your soapbox is 347-202-0215. If you decide to call in and you get the urge to voice your opinion, then after you connect, then hit one on your dial pad. That lets me know that you're ready to speak. And be sure to please mute your phone if you're not speaking. Now, another way you can contribute to the show is to follow me on Twitter at TalkToQ. There is a live tweet chat that occurs during the show, and you can respond to some of the same questions that I'm asking over the air in most cases. Please search and use hashtag T2Q to read and respond to all show tweets. Also tonight, um, there will be a hashtag things whites can do that blacks can't. So that's part of the hashtag, too. You don't have to include it, but it's going to be there. If you want to learn more about me, the show, or my show legends, then journey on over to TalkToQ.com. And if you can't listen to the entire show live, then you can find T2Q on iTunes to pick up where you left off. Maintenance complete. T2Q radio show number 441 starts now. First thing I want to do is introduce the show legends who have dialed in. I'll travel to the 850 area code, the Emerald Coastline of Pensacola, Florida, and bring on my man Buck. Buck, what's going on? What up, what up? How's everybody doing this evening? Doing well, man. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. You got to stop, stop all that craziness with that sore throat, man. I know, right? So yep. I'm going to get it together. I got a busy weekend, so I'm going to get it together. All right. Let me go to the sick, well, Skyping in from the outskirts of the Motor City, the 248 area code. I will bring on author Crystal Hickerson. Crystal, what's going on? Thank you. How are you? Hey, Bob. I am doing well. How are you feeling? How's the ankle? How are you doing, Crystal? <laughs> I'm alive. Uh, the ankle important. is still broke, so... Oh, my um, goodness. Not good. Yeah. Okay. Well, hopefully you can continue to take care of that, and it heals fast, so you can get back to mm-hmm. your old tricks. Um, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I got a chance to read the blog post you had on uh, your website um, about Stacey Dash essentially blaming victims of rape. Uh and I thought it was really good. I thought you did a great job with that. Can you let everyone know where they can find it? Just kind of give them the gist of what it's about. Well, it's about uh, what Stacey Dash uh, and Clueless Fame and others. She uh, was on Fox News, which is a perfect place to say these kinds of things. Uh, she was just talking about how they were talking about college colleges and how um, with a rash of rapes have been going on that they were going to start banning some of the fraternities, et cetera, and um, for their behaviors and all that. And she had made a comment stating that it is the bad girls who go out and go to parties and and act up and get drunk or whatever, and they're putting themselves in that position, so therefore... Um, they are the ones who are to blame for being raped and that she feels sorry for these boys who are just being young, basically. So, that really pissed me off. I'm sure it did. So, I 
Of course, I had to vlog about that. Um, and she said, if you're a good girl, then nothing will ever happen to you. Uh, yeah, that's not true. And, and, of course, that's not true. And and it's sending the wrong message to uh, women and to boys about how to act. And, you know, she's... So, on my site, you can just go to getcrystallized.net and check that out and read and please comment if you would like to regarding um, what, she had to, what she had to say. So, and I it think was I very have a good. link on there to the actual article where she was talking about it. Okay. And um, I love oh, the comment. And, um, I think there's enough education to go around. I, I don't think you should shame the victims, and I don't think that you should... Uh, you know, exclude the boys. I, I mean, I think both people need to be taught um, something, you know. People need to learn how to protect people when they may be out of control or under the influence more so than take advantage of them. And so there's definitely some teaching that needs to be done. But it was very good. I applaud you for it. All right. Thank we'll you. go ahead and get into the show topic, 347 is the number on the Talk to Q Radio show. No experts, just opinions. There was an essay uh, for Yahoo Parenting where there was a white father who decided to make a list of things that he takes for granted as a white man, but it could be a problem for his biracial son, who's half black. His name is Calvin Hennick, and he says he doesn't want to give his kids a complex about the inequalities he believes they will face in life, but he also wants to prepare them for the road ahead. So... To kind of focus on some of the things that he thought and, you know, then throw in a couple of additional things, I figured I'd make a list of some things that white people can do that black people can't. Now, of course, you know, this is not a blanket statement where, you know, 100% of white people and 100% of black people can or cannot do certain things. But we're just talking about, uh, you know, for the most part, the perception is that a majority of white people get passes with certain things that black people don't. And we're going to discuss it. And, of course, if someone disagrees, then feel free to dial in and, and chime in, you know. I'm, I'm looking to hear this from both sides. So, first of all, Crystal, I will start start with you. One of the things Mr. Hennick said is that he can walk through a store without being followed. Now, do you think that black people are more likely to be followed by employees or security at a store than whites? I mean, I know it's kind of a basic question, but why do you think that is? Well, I think they absolutely uh, are followed more. I know I've been followed. Um, I've been followed. I've been ignored, uh, you know, in stores, you know, at, at sometimes. So especially depending on the store that I go into, you know, that kind of a thing. But, yeah, I mean, the reason why is because they think we're all going to steal, <laughs> basically. So um, they follow us around. It's, you know, it's just part of their their perception, um, the non-black um, perception of us. So, uh, you know, so that's something that we all have. I know just about every black person, no matter who you are, even Oprah, has dealt with. So um, Yeah, that's true, even Oprah. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's you are not immune to it for whatever you are. And you would think that at nowadays that if you see a black person um, 
come into the store and they look like they are rappers, you 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 would be um you'd be breaking your neck to get over there to talk to them because they're probably going to spend and buy everything in the store. Uh, and for me, when I shop, which I hate shopping, but when I shop, I um I shop in the store that makes me feel good. If you piss me off or you don't give me the right customer service, then I will not shop there. I will never come back, and I will take whatever I was going to buy and put it back because, you know, that's important to me. You know, I mean, it's the whole pretty woman experience. I cannot stand that. So um, customer service is very important, but they don't care about that because they all they look at is your skin color, and they think that, you know, first of all, A, we don't want you in here anyway, and B, if you're going to be in here, you probably are going to steal, so we're just going to make sure that doesn't happen. <laughs> okay. And, Buck, how do you feel about it, man? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I co-sign completely on what Chris um, has to say. I mean, when you walk in the store, you don't want to, you know, you want, I want to be able to go in and, you know, look at things freely. You know, because if I go in the store, I'm going to have money to get what I need. So I don't need somebody following me, asking me, do I need help? I, you know, I don't care if I'm in Walmart, JCPenney's, you know, Dick's Sporting Goods, whatever. I don't care where it is. I don't need to be followed, okay? Now, if I need some help, I will seek you out and, and ask for help. You know, I'm 44 years old. I ain't going to steal anything. I don't have a, I don't have a record. I ain't going to get one at this, at this stage. So, I mean, I don't need somebody, you know, following me around, peeking around the corner, saying, do I need some help? Because, you know, you, if you peek around the corner and seeing if you're seeing right and need some help, then you're going to get you're gonna get a nice surprise. Um, I don't, you know, dawn of the days of me being nice going like, you know, you know I don't need any help. I'm going to make your ass help. You're going to sneak around the corner and ask to see if I need some, or you're going to help my ass, I promise you that. So, you know, and if I, you know, I'm going to spend a large amount of money, whether it be in a car lot, or a jewelry store or something like that. You know, I want to be recognized. I don't want to be ignored. You reckon if you uh you ignore me, you will pay the price for it. Um, you know, you'll be paying the price because I'm gonna talk to your vice president or president or whatever. Because I just I just don't tolerate that stuff. So you know, if you have a color problem, then I'm gonna make sure that that color problem ends with me. So and and you know. I just I just don't take it very lightly anymore. So, you know, people that look at me funny or something, if I have some a certain person with me or something like that, I make them all pay. I just I just don't I don't deal with it anymore. I'm I'm in the madness, one way or another. Okay. On Twitter, Lady Chi chimes in and says that she gets followed in stores like Nordstroms or Neiman Marcus, and I'm pretty sure that happens then. I don't know how often white people may get followed. I, you know, one wants to call in and give their experience, and that's fine. But let me go to the 910 area code by way of Big Spring, Texas, and bring on the man who plays a doctor on the radio, Dr. Bobby Willis. What's happening, man? What's up, Q? What's going on, family? How is everybody tonight? All right. What's so up? I married Bobby, Bobby off on Facebook today to Nicole Vinegar. <laughs> I think they're a perfect match, man. That's 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 nothing but... Um, but um, Porno is ready to be made right there, man. Y'all, y'all, y'all got that energy. So, <laughs> but Bobby, let me ask you this, man. All right. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of black people who get caught shoplifting. 
Okay, now I don't know the yeah. percentage of blacks to whites, but do they get caught because no one's looking at white people, and white people probably steal just as much, or you know, are black people just natural born thieves? I mean, let's <laughs> let's be real about it. <laughs> you know, I'm bringing. Um, I don't think that we're just natural born thieves, but um, you know, we are naturally born to a lot of hardship. You know, the majority of us, and so. Uh, when you grow up with the mentality, you know, you got to get it how you get it, get it how you live, get in where you fit in, you know, all these cliches, and, you know, you're trying to, um, you know, at least blend in among your pe- amongst your peers and stuff. You know, a lot of our young kids are definitely getting, you know, going out doing things like that and getting themselves caught. That's not to say that, you know, uh, white kids don't get caught, you know, white people don't get caught or, or, or even, you know, still, it's just that, we are pretty much more watched than the uh, than the other races because you know that's that's our and I don't even want to say it's a stereotype because if it happens it's not really a stereotype you know and I always tell folks you know I don't want to get off track but you know hey we eat watermelon we eat chicken it's not a stereotype is what we do but they do too so um, but getting back on topic I don't I don't think that um you know I, you know. If if it's something that we're we're known for, whether they believe it or not, whether it's true or not, we're going to be watched more closely. And I think that's what's happening when we're going to, especially high-end stores, you know? Okay. <clears throat> Definitely that. I mean, I, I know I've been followed before, and it happened regardless of how I'm dressed. I mean, I can be dressed, yeah. you know, in appropriate clothing, I guess, for what you would think, like business casual or whatever, and I've still been followed before. Have the person constantly ask you, can I help you with something, while other people walk around the store freely. Um, But, Crystal, uh, when it comes to success, can a person succeed without it being attributed to their race? Like uh, Mr. Hennick said that his wife, who is black, got her acceptance letter from Boston College and a peer told her that she must have gotten it due to affirmative action, which basically ruined the experience of receiving a letter. Can you be black and successful, you know, in life or corporate America without the assumptions that, you know, affirmative action assisted you or your race got you there? Oh, absolutely. And um, you're just going to have to, you know, work twice as hard, though, <laughs> you know. Like Olivia Pope says. <laughs> Well, they're just repeating what we already know. <laughs> I yeah. mean, you know, that's that's all that was. And I was very, very happy that they put that in there because it's the truth. You have to work twice as hard um, to get half as much. And so if she got there, it's because she worked her ass off. But, of course, the accolades are not going to come. You know, um, they're going to assume that, yes, either it's affirmative action or if it's not that, then you must have fucked somebody. Or if it's not that, then, you know, you knew somebody or or whatever, you know, or they're trying to fill some sort of imagined quota. In other words, you didn't get there strictly on merit. Right. You know, you got there for other reasons. Um, and then saying that that's a whole nother story. That's a whole other day-to-day story right there that, you know, I have dealt with um, shit for years. <laughs> and, and and it's not even – I used to be able to blame it on 
the agency. I go, oh, well, it's just this company. It's just the way they are. And then I go to the next one. It's like, oh, well, okay, it's just these executives. This is the way they are. No. No. <laughs> it's everywhere you go. And um, because, you know, just like whether you are a, a friggin' store clerk or you are an executive, it doesn't matter. Um, where Who you are, you know, it's like they feel... They are better. They're superior, even if they do not say it, or even if they really, in their soul, feel, "Oh, I'm not racist," but this is part of their culture of who they are. So therefore, they naturally do this. And this is usually mainly Americans, and because this is what we're talking about. Um, when I went overseas, it was completely different. I felt completely different over there. I'm sure. Um, but but here it's part of our culture as as the American people, you know. So it is and it's been passed down silently, <laughs> you know. When someone's not invited to a party or someone is um you know, kind of edged out of the particular in ground or as just a side eye to a relationship so, I mean, it's those silent things that make a child look and go, oh, okay, I guess that's not right. <laughs> so let mm-hmm. me not do sure. that. So, and it's built inside of who you are without you even, no one ever said to you, you know, they never use the N-word, they never said black people are horrible or whatever. It's just the way they do things that make you believe, okay, well, this is not the way things are supposed to be, so let me act this way. You know, they, you know. So anyway, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's everywhere. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And and, and no matter how great you are, it, it doesn't matter. You still have to fight every freaking day. Okay. I think you covered everything with that response, uh, definitely. And let me go to the next caller representing the 504 of the Crescent City of New Orleans. Bring on Lady T. Lady T, how's it going? It's going well. How are you, Q? I am outstanding. All right. You can um, add to that if you would like, but the question I have, the next question I have is, uh, can black people really learn about their ancestors in grade school? I mean, in grade school, you're taught American history, but American history is normally predominantly white. You may get some Dred Scott. You may get some Martin Luther King, but uh, can black people learn about their ancestors in grade school? No, I think black people can learn that they have ancestors in grade school, <laughs> but they can't learn about their ancestors because American history is not our history. Their history is it's not a part of our culture, and yes, we can learn who, you know, Martin Luther King was as far as being one of the founders of the Civil Rights Movement, and honestly, they don't even teach all of the speeches, and, and, of course, you can't teach all of the speeches that Martin Luther King gave in school, but, of course, the the famous I Have a Dream speech, it doesn't even touch the surface of basically who Martin Luther King was. So you can't honestly learn about your ancestors, your heritage, your culture, who you are, where you came from in grade school. I, I don't think, I do not think so at all. I think you can't even learn all of it at home because the parents don't even know. 
most of the parents don't even know. They, they're not aware of who who their ancestors are or where they basically come from and the foundation of their family. I think it's all a learning and growing experience. There's so many people of color who did so many wonderful things, so many innovators that we as black people aren't even aware of or we're not even um, made culturally, culturally, excuse me, aware of, and even our children. You know, they they know about Martin Luther King. They may know about Langston Hughes, um, maybe a little bit here and there about Malcolm X, but there are so many great African-American inventors and, and innovators and thinkers and educators, and it's up to and see that's that's the problem I have also with technology and also in the home. We as parents and, and educators and adults, we need to let children know that your devices shouldn't just be used to play games or to FaceTime. I mean, use your devices in a way so you can do research, apply critical thinking and analytical skills so that you can get the resources and knowledge that you need so that you can apply that new knowledge and some of that old knowledge and bring it together and formulate your own thoughts and opinions and possibly be an innovator and a creative thinker yourself in the world today. Okay. Very well said. Very well said. Bobby, she didn't leave much, but if you want to add to that or cosign. Bobby? Can you hear me? I can now. Um, I, I do want to co-sign, but I also want to tweak a little bit. I think that um, they do learn a snippet of our history, but it's our history revised. It's our history in white people. They talk about our accomplishments and things like that, but they put a different face to it, you know. Um, and, and the thing is, is that we as black folks, we don't want to, uh, we don't want to change either, you know, as a whole, you know, like, uh, uh, an example is our religion, you know. I mean, the the Bible and every other book and every other, you know, religion pretty much out there other than Christianity, it depicts, you know, Jesus as, you know, a dark-skinned man, whether that's black, whether it's, you know, Egyptian, whether it's whatever. You know, he's not a blonde, blue-eyed guy. Yet still, you can't get a single black family in the South to take that picture of white Jesus down, you know, from their wall. You know, they Kennedy. <laughs> yeah, they're not, not going to do it. So, you know, if you got that type of resistance to learning about yourself, then how do you expect your kids to have that same tenacity, you know, or, or to have a different tenacity to learn about themselves, you know, when you're not showing it yourself? So I think sure. that we need to uh, we need to delve into our own history, do our own research, um, you know, learn about where we come from and what was our religions before we were brought here you know, and things like that, and, and encourage our children, like, you know, T said, to freaking, you know, use these devices that they have to, you know, explore, you know, indulge in critical, you know, analytical thinking and, and apply it to what they learn about themselves as they dig deep. Because trust me, it's deep. It's, it's down off in there. They're, they're going to bury our, our story because they're trying to make it their story. And that's not, there's nothing against any white listeners if you're listening. I'm just saying, like, you know, what it is, you know. It's our history revises our history in white face, you know, and that's you know that's my take on it. Okay, okay, two very strong opinions. I like that. 
347-202-0215 is the number on the Talk to Q Radio show. I'm about halfway through the topic. Buck, losing your temper in traffic or losing your temper around a cop. We pretty much know that there is a huge difference between black people losing their temper and white people losing their temper. We both grew up in predominantly white schools, and we've both witnessed uh, white kids cursing out cops, you know, give me your badge number, buddy, and all this other stuff with little to no type of, you know, retaliation, whereas opposed, as opposed to black people we may have witnessed, um, things kind of went sideways kind of quick. So do you think there's a double standard there? Yes, I mean, there's a double standard. I mean, I think that I mean, we've seen over the course of the last year, I mean, it, you know, we've got a, I think we've all got a pretty big wake-up call with, you know, how things are done. Uh, you know, for me personally, if I see a cop even think about turning around, I'm turning into the next place whether I got to go there or not because I just don't want one behind me because I don't, I don't want, I don't want no confrontation with any cops. And they're saying. <laughs> And it's sad. I mean, it's sad. I mean, it doesn't matter whether you're, you know, it doesn't doesn't matter what the reason is. I I eat Mexican food, or at least pretend like I'm eating Mexican food, just so I don't have one on the bump. You know, it it doesn't make sense. I mean, you shouldn't. It, it shouldn't get to the point to where, you know, you because now it's to the point where if you fear for your life every time a cop gets behind you, and and then that's not that's not a way to live in this country when we're supposed to be free. You know, it doesn't make sense. I mean, the accolades that, you know, that you're supposed to get, you know, for doing good things and good deeds and those types of things, you don't. we don't get them as black people. Um, you know, and it's, it's a sad thing. I, I'm not saying that, you know, everything, you know, it's, it's very hard for some, you know, for other races to understand what we've gone through and what we continue to go through on a daily basis. It's not as bad in some areas as it, as it is in others, but it still happens. Uh, we don't get the same pay, you know, that we should get, and we we could have more education than than other races and still get get paid less. Um, and this um, that's it's a double standard, not just from a police standpoint, well, fire farmer standpoint, or anything else for that matter. But you know. There are there are ways, but I mean, first we have to change ourselves because not only do you know other people need to change, we need to change ourselves too. We need to change the perception that people have of us, and the only way we can change that perception is make changes ourselves. And I think that's that's one of the main reasons why we get some of the you know some of the things that we get because you know some some of us act that way, you know, and when you act that way. You know, or, you know, you can just look at the news, for example. If somebody gets, you know, black-on-black crime, they pick the dumbest, ignorance, you know, most ignorant person to interview during a time of crisis, you know, during, time, during that time. You know, they're going to pick the person that's crying or maybe the next-door neighbor, Joe Bob, or whatever the damn name is, you know, Daryl or whatever, and this joke is head nappy, probably been smoking weed, probably drunk, and that's who they're going to ask questions. They won't get an intelligent person to say, you know, you seem to be a good guy, whatever. I'm not sure exactly what happened. You know, they're gonna get somebody that can't can't have feet or pronunciate words properly. To you know, and that's a bad depiction of black people. And I mean, 
we not only do they do it, but we do it to our damn selves. So we have to change change us first before we can see monumental change in a lot of ways. We got to pick up the pick up where Martin Luther King was off. And nobody's picked up the torch yet. Okay. Very well said, sir. And uh, now I've experienced a media thing once before where there was a bad train accident that my uh, friend and I actually heard. Now, we didn't see the accident, but we actually heard it go down, and we were one of the first people on the scene. And um, one one of the neighbors from the neighborhood showed up 20 minutes after the cameras got there talking about, ooh, I sainted it, and they put her on camera. Never once even uh, came towards us, and not only did, um, like I said, we were one of the first people on the scene, and we heard it go down. I actually knew the young lady who got killed in the accident. It was a horrible accident. She was in her 20s and um, got hit by the train. So, but, uh, you know, they bypassed us and went to the toothless neighbor who said, ooh, I sainted. So, uh, yeah, that happens now and then. But as far as the cops are concerned, Crystal, we've seen many examples. And it's not to say that there aren't black people who are combative. I mean, I think there are just as many combative black people as there are white people. It's just that do you think that black people are looked at as a threat when they're combative? Yeah, yeah, and they're looked at as a threat. Excuse me, when they're not combative. Um, I remember when my son was living in uh, Texas, uh, I was so glad that he looks the way he looks. He doesn't even look black. And I am glad he doesn't because... You sound like this father uh, wrote the article. Well, you know, because he, um, he... he favors more of uh, his uh, fathers, and he looks like a white guy. He looks like, you know, unless you knew, he, you would probably just think he was Italian or, or whatever. But, um, and when he was there in Texas, he got pulled over, and, you know, everything was fine. And he's gotten pulled over here, and nothing happened. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, what? But you know, but I'm you know on the one I and I've never really oh I have said this to him actually because uh, we've had conversations about it but um, especially when this other stuff was going down this year but you know yeah I mean I'm glad that he looks the way he looks because it may it it helps me feel better about him confronting the police because you know I feel more a little safer that you know he won't you know. At least, at the very least, get arrested or something. But yeah, it's a um, it's one of those things where it doesn't matter whether you are. It doesn't matter whether you are combative or whether you're doing all the right things or you're saying all the right things. I think as a female, you may have you may have a little. Uh, it's better for us, I think, as a black female. But as a black man, no. Or boy, it doesn't matter. I mean, they immediately think they're immediately on the defensive. Um, now, maybe I'm not going to say that it's all because they're black. Maybe they're just they're just looking at the fact that these are the people who tend to cause us trouble. So we're going to have to be a little bit more defensive, just like with anything. 
but I think it does spill over into their own feelings, personal feelings, you know, growing up. Because, you know, cops, they come from somewhere, and there's something that made them want to be cops. And um, usually that doesn't usually come from a good place, even though they say, you know, it does. I want to help people. But you, you, you are attracted to certain jobs because of certain things that have happened to you. So that within itself may make a person feel always on the defense. So they want to be there to protect everybody else from these horrible people. So. Hello? And I'm sorry. I'm going to take a break, a quick break. And when I come back, I'm going to um, have a couple other questions um, regarding the topics tonight of things that white people can do that black people can't. I'll go to another caller who's calling in from the 601 and um, do all that in about two and a half minutes. You all grab a sip of water. Lele's Ultimate Date from Hell, and you are listening to the Talk to Q Radio Show. No experts, just opinions. All right, and I'm back. And I'm going to go to the 601 area code. I believe this is Miss Boom Boom calling in. How's it going this evening? Oh, just fine. Boom Boom Pow Pow. I'm good to hear. Glad to hear from you, Mr. Q. All right, glad to have you on. 
Had to take a little quick break and play a little intermission with Boogie Down Productions. Why is mm-hmm. that from 1989? You know, I like the old school. Miss Boom Boom, mm-hmm. let me ask you this. Uh, we're talking about double standards tonight as far as what white people can do that black people can't. What about being able to loiter in rich neighborhoods? I mean, you know, if a white person is walking around a, a wealthy neighborhood, do they get approached just as often as maybe a black person? Or do black people tend to get uh, the cops call on them if they're walking through certain neighborhoods where they don't appear to belong, I would say? I'd say it depends on a couple of things. There's a lot of variables in that. I've been in different neighborhoods like that, too. Uh, one, it depends on the level of socialite bougieism, I'd put it that way, how high okay. a standard they think that they are in that particular white, if I may say, neighborhood. And um, if they see anybody that's strange, to them, a much stranger, white or black, they're subject to call their neighbors or have a cop patrol come around, whether you're white or black, if they're that high of a level. And this is just what my experience is. However, there are some white neighborhoods where if they see someone who is of a different, shall I say, ethnicity, culture, whether they're Hispanic or black, the usual, shall I say, ones that get patrolled more for uh, uh, what is it when we uh, when they're uh, racial profiling, so to speak? Uh-huh. Without even you know, without even thinking about it, yeah, they're gonna uh, have them call it. Especially if they pass by more, and see cars like that pass by more than one time. Uh, whether the car is uh, hoop looking or if it is on hydraulics and high speed on those nice rims, you know, type. It's a vehicle that is normally not in their neighborhood. That would set off a light bulb. To them, and this is the houses I've been in. I'm associated with a lot of white people of different levels of, shall I say, socialism. And, uh-huh. uh, and my thing is, if somebody white, no matter what, is going through a car, going in in a car, uh, you know, they would they see that they're not black. Most likely they'll get through really, you know, no problem. They're not about to feel it's just suspicious. But if you were walking through, it's a different story. It just depends. They can take just face value right off the bat. I'm going to tell you, it, it does spook, especially more of the older or those who are really high up in the uh, money. You know, because they, And I can't blame old people. I don't care whether white or black for being suspicious. Because these days over here in Jacktown, I'm not going to lie, I've been in places where I didn't understand why somebody who was in an upper class or somebody that's white that normally was nobody white, and I know it had to be lost, being over, I don't know if you're on Valley Street or Washington Edition. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I guarantee it. They were lost. They had no idea they had creeped over <laughs> in our hood. And uh, then when they got out and started looking a little bit, and then I stepped out to the porch because I could tell they were lost. I was going help. They drove right on off. They didn't want to have nothing to do. They said, uh-uh, you know. They shook, I could just see them. They shook their head, and they drove on off, and they tried to get themselves up out of that neighborhood. You see what I'm saying? So uh, it really does depend on, the, uh, on how the people are. And, and I'm going to tell you, Madison County has been synonymous in certain areas. There are certain neighborhoods that are they are very kind and wonderful to anybody, but they are very prayerful and watchful because they don't want no bad, as you say, quote unquote, element. No matter yeah, who it is, yeah. you know, and you can't blame them because people getting shot up over in Bellhaven. Look what happened to that lady. True. So you can't okay. blame. You can't blame. That's that's my outlook on it. Okay, and and I agree with you. I, I do think sometimes it may be warranted 
Um, other times it can be somewhat of a har- of a harassing situation, but um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, it's like sometimes I can understand being safe but sorry, but then other times it's just ridiculous. It's, I've heard some stories of people who are just who even live in the neighborhood who uh, the neighbors don't know them and they get you know the cops called all of a sudden. It just kind of depends mm-hmm. on where you're from, like you said. But and all right, get to know lady. People, may I ask you to add this one? You gotta get to try to know your people. I try to know the people in my little neighborhood. I'm gonna just tell you a little eerie. And I, and and predominantly, it's predominantly black. There are a few Hispanics there, and I'm learning how to speak Spanish. You all Spanish, poquito, si señor Quince. I'm I'm trying to get to know them like that. And so some of the Hispanics know that I know some Spanish, and I can get along with them my better. But my thing is. I ain't gonna lie. The majority of the blacks in their neighborhood, they are the most unfriendly folk. They don't want to speak to nobody, white or black. So, uh, and I, one white or two that I do see in the neighborhood, you know, they hurry up getting my they car and get in apartments, you know, but they're more friendly. So I, I don't know what to tell them, you know, other than that. But anyway, I'm gonna let you go. All right. And uh, now, uh, Lady T, let me ask you. Uh, and this is something I put out on Twitter. What's the difference between when white people complain about white people uh, in comparison to when black people complain about white people? I mean, is there a difference? Is it taken differently when we complain? And, and if so, why do you think that is? Because there's a perception and maybe a stereotype in some way, but honestly there may be some truth to the statement that, white folks are more prone to stick together and black people don't. So with that being said, they feel like, okay, they can talk about one another, but you can't talk about them, in other words, because they know that when black people talk about each other, you know, we that that's normal. People expect for black people to be crabs in a barrel. We that's expected. That's unfortunate. But exactly, it's very unfortunate, and they expected more from black women. But that that's a that's a uh, radio show for another day. But you know, when white folks are complaining about each other, they they're more so just venting with the um, with the intent on just getting their feelings out. But when all of that is said and done, they're still going to be there for one another. They're still going to help each other. They're still going to be a team. When black folks are complaining about white people, it's it can be perceived in certain set in certain settings as how dare you? How could you? We've given you a chance. We're letting you be a manager. We're giving you a decent salary to take care of your family. So how dare you? Why would you? In other terms, so. It's, it's taken very differently, even um, and in certain settings, you know, black and white people get along very well. However, I would never become so complacent where I would find myself just complaining all the time of spewing venom or venting, if you will, about one white person to another because, Personally, I think it's career suicide. Even if that person who's receiving my message never says anything to me, they're still mentally processing that. Okay, I'm I'm talking bad about Becky. 
even though they may be agree, agreeing with what I'm saying or they may have just said the same thing to me, they're still mentally processing everything that I'm saying negative towards this other person that's mm-hmm. the same race as they are. So I just think that people of color really need to be mindful of that. Okay. And um, good points there. Crystal, let me ask you, is part of the reason is that black people are perceived to play the race card for every single thing that goes wrong, and that's what kind of ruins our credibility, that perception that we have, you know, prepaid race cards? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. If it's, I don't think they like to hear it, um, which is why the term race card even came into play, um, is because they don't like to hear it. They don't like to be reminded. Um, they just want every, every all of this to go away. Um, you know, this dirty little secret or whatever, dirty thing that happened in the past that they don't want to talk about or whatever. So anytime you, you know, you have whether it's legitimate or not. Usually, I think a lot of times it is legitimate. Um, it's just like with anything. It's just like with um, if you have sexual harassment. I mean, it's up to the the person being harassed to let you know that this is how you feel. This is how you made me feel. And it's the same thing, you know, with being discriminated. I mean, it's you know when you're being discriminated as opposed to you know, if it's, if it's something else having to do with your work or whatever. I mean, you know the difference. And But they call it a race card because they want you to shut up about it. And they want you to feel guilty. They want to turn it around on you. So you shut up and you just think, oh, you're just overreacting. And, you know, everything is not about black or white or what, you know, et cetera. Right. So, you know, I mean, I think that... Um, I think that's something that you feel that your rights are being, um, you know, you, that you are not being respected, or, you know, your rights are being trampled over, that you should speak up because that's what that's what it's there for. You can't use the law. The laws cannot be utilized and the precedents can't be set until people speak up about it. Okay. Very nice response. I can appreciate that. Let me go to the 601, or back to the 601, to the bold new city of Jackson, and welcome on Eminem. Eminem, what's going on? Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? All right. Not much, man. And uh, Eminem, the, the the last question for this guy's um, essay that he wrote, it's a white guy who has a biracial son, and he talked about all the things that he can get away with that maybe his son will not be able to get away with since his son is half black. And one of the things is that he said that when he gets treated poorly, it never crosses his mind that it's because of his race. You know, if someone, like, if he gets bad service at a restaurant, he doesn't think, well, they're giving me bad service because I'm black. Or if, you know, he doesn't get a job at work, he's thinking, well, I'm just not good enough for the job. Or, or you know, maybe they just, you know, like the other person better, but it's never an issue of race. But yet, as black people, don't we feel like a lot of times when we don't get something that we feel that we deserve, one of the first things that comes to our minds, even if we admit it or not, is race? Yeah, of course. And, uh, you know, I just got on, but I really love what Crystal said because more of that needs to be said. Um, 
Well, it's like this, man. It's just like it, it's just like with with with, with, with um, being a victim of crime, or anything else. You know, it's just like you know, just because you may have had a certain experience, it doesn't mean that that represents everything. And see, so that's that's the kind of shit that pisses me off. Like where, uh, you know, somebody might. Uh, black or white, they might have, you know, a, 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 a friend, loved one, child, or whatever, of the uh, of the opposite race, and they may have never experienced anything. But to quantify the whole damn, you know, United States and make it seem like, well, hey man, me and Billy grew up just like buds, and you know, we played together. I slept at his house, he slept at mine. That's fine, you know. And I'm sure that's a great relationship, but goddamn, that don't represent everybody in the world. So that's that's the um, that's the biggest thing with my issue with with, with with any of it. You know, it's like where that guy's son may have not experienced, um, you know, certain things, but on the same token, because his father uh, can't relate to some of the things that maybe more sensitive to others, then some of the stuff he experienced probably was racism, but he didn't know it. You see what I'm saying? Because he didn't right. know the signs. It's almost like a, a a kid from a suburb or a rural area or whatever going to a urban area and don't know the signs to look for for drugs or uh, certain gang affiliations. It don't mean it's not there. You just don't know where it's at. You don't you – don't, you don't know what you're looking at, but the other person with you say, hey, man, we, we might need to leave, you know. Same same scenario, you know. And um, I, I just hate to see so many good people get demonized. You know, it's always like you got these, you know, uh, white people always, you know, being demonized in their mind. It's like, stop taking it so personal, you know, like, Al Thompson or something like that. I'm like, motherfucker, he ain't talking about you. He talking about them cops to beat this dude ass for nothing. You know what I'm saying? Kill them. Yeah. He's not talking about you. He's not talking about I, – I, I guess that's the peeve I got with it. It's just like you could be in a store or something. I mean, when the OJ trial was going on. I mean, these motherfuckers taking it personal. It's just like when you see – when you see black people talking about, you know, killing George Zimmer, they not talking about killing you. They don't have no problem with you. That's the thing. When, when, a, when a black man gets mad, to this day, for whatever reason, most, I hate to say it, but most white people, not all, but most white people seem to act as if the guy that's mad or the group that's mad is talking about you. They're not talking about you. It's just like it's just like if somebody stole something from you. It's like, well, I don't give a damn what color he is. I'm trying to get my shit back. So, right. Just look at it like, yeah, Myron's mad when it went, but when Myron said, man, fuck that cop, he ain't saying fuck every white person in Madison or Rankin County. He's saying fuck this dude that fucked up with me. Simple as that. You know, and until that's, yeah, and so until that's acknowledged, it's always going to be looked at it like the race card, like that type of shit. You know, like, like I say, Crystal put it in better words than me, but you know what I'm saying? The same shit. It's just like, it's just like, okay, oh, shit, here go a loud mouth talking about something, you know, you know, all that kind of shit. Like, well, why don't you look at the facts before you try to make somebody out to be a loud mouth? Why don't you look at the affidavits this dude's mother signed 
a uh, hundred times and nobody even investigated the shit. Uh, why don't you look at some of the, the, the you know, the, the facts of the case? So when somebody that is a loud mouth get involved, maybe you understand why they got this hell of a loud mouth because nobody's listening. Okay. You know, very strong points, man. Very passionate, and I definitely have an appreciation for that. Definitely do. And uh, all right, just got a a retweet from the mayor of Jackson. Tony Yarber just retweeted the last question, or favorite, the last question that I asked. I, I think he came across me by way of Lady T. I know he follows her. But uh, that's kind of cool. The mayor of Jackson favors favorites one of your tweets. But all right, uh, a couple more side note questions. Um, I, I think it's a very important topic, first of all, and I, and I allowed everyone to speak their mind tonight. Some people went long. I didn't run the ticker on anybody because I think all of this is very important discussions that need to be had. Now, unfortunately, we didn't have any white participants. Um, we had some on Twitter, but uh, not um, on the phones. And that's fine. I mean, if people listen to it, then, you know, they can always email me at TalkToQNow at Gmail if they want to comment. They can comment on my Facebook page uh, at TalkToQ or, you know, however they want to do it or tweet me. Um, You can still comment. It's never too late if you happen to be listening to this a little later and it's not listening, if you're not listening live. But um, it's a very important topic as far as double standards. And it doesn't just go one way. Um, There are some double standards that black people have that white people can't do, you know, like the N-word. I mean, that's the most popular one, you know, right now. And uh, so that's always been a popular one. And so, I mean, you know, there are a lot of different things. And ultimately, we have to just come together when we're all calm and talk it out. Don't wait for the next black kid to get shot in the street before you decide you want to try to explain why it's wrong. Now, right now, we don't have any black people that have been shot and killed in a few months that's been nationally televised, at least. We've had some people to get stomped out um, as recent as today, but no one's been killed. And, you know, maybe now is the time to come to the table and try to peacefully discuss the differences that we have and how we can enhance police training uh, to help them respond to certain situations better. You know, there is a a kid who got um, a gun pulled on him recently, um, I think he was 14 years old, because he had a snowball in his hand. I really don't think a snowball is much of a threat, and I don't know if he was even threatening to throw it, but the cop pulled a gun on him. You know, and I mean, so there's situations like that where there needs to be some sensitivity training and um, try to get some of these stereotypes out their head that all black people are threats. But okay, uh, you know I like to ask a question when I give people to get their final thoughts. However, I want to give you all a little heads up on this one. The question I'm going to ask tonight is, how is respect earned? Okay. Um, As a person of your race, how is respect earned? And that's the question we're going to have for final thoughts. So just kind of be thinking about that while I go through these last couple of questions. And these questions are for the ladies. And, Ms. Bone Bone, I'll go back to you. Um, As far as black women are concerned, let's talk about uh, pop culture for a second. Um, You have, you know, the Kim Kardashians, Paris Hilton, and women like that who have released sex tapes and they have blown up. Yet, if a black woman releases a sex tape, a lot of times it can be career suicide, dating all the way back to Jane Kennedy. Uh, Do you think there's a double standard there? 
Do you think that white women's sexuality is celebrated while black women's sexuality is not respected or not considered wholesome? Yeah, especially when you talk about how vile that, uh, unfortunately, and especially when you're talking about how vile that um, that uh, video on YouTube, what, what was it, Miley Cyrus? Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, she turned her glory up to heaven and earth, and everybody just booted her, bit her twat all over. And you know what I'm talking about? I couldn't believe it when they showed it. They had to put a big old blur when they showed it on the morning news. And she just bent all over up, and I mean, everybody was going to it, watching it. Like they, not then in another case, I don't remember when way back when Miss Vanessa Williams became yeah. a scrutinized across the nation, across the world. The lines were back up to Egypt to get that magazine. Now, I understand she's half, she she's mixed orientation. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. She had, you know, she's light skinned and everything, but she still uh, was considered the first, and she was the first black America, Amer- uh, Miss America. So, yeah, there's a double standard right off the bat just looking at it. We have to present ourselves with an image. If we want respect, all of us can't go out there and dress up like Beyonce and be bootalicious on TV. You know, you could do it in respect. And the first divas in pop culture that I believe that did it most respectfully, but yet as sexy as they could, was the Supremes. I don't know okay. the Supremes. Those, those are, to me, the original pop culture music industry divas. You know, and people uh, still respect them to this day, you know, because them big old beautiful long eyelashes and the way they went about their way, and they still sang about love and all the lyrics. The kids can still listen to it. You know, it, it to me, it's about presentation, and and Jane Brown couldn't have said it better. Say it loud, I'm back and I'm proud. Well, show it, you know. Show that you, 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 no matter what culture you're from, especially us being black in America and building this country on our blood, sweat, and tears, we deserve the respect if we earn it the way God intended for us to show that we are worthy of being respected, and we are. We are all the way back to Christmas Addicts in the Boston Massacre. We deserve it. So it's just how we show ourselves to represent ourselves. We are of African majesty, and we need to show that we are the dignified, majestic people that God intended us to be right over in America. We help build this country, too. Okay. All right. And from a guy's perspective, uh, Buck, and then I'll let Bobby chime in. Uh, Buck, is there a double standard when it comes to the sexuality of black women and white women? Oh, definitely. I mean, I mean, Miss Boom Boom hit it right on the head when she was talking about, um, you know, Vanessa Williams and so forth. I mean, we That's see. Good example. I mean, I mean, it's a great example. But we can also look. We can also take it even further into. Uh, let's let's look at the Academy Award for a second. Um, Selma got you know snubbed, you know, for best you know best leading actor and those type of things. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's kind. Of it was kind of interesting that you know all of them, all of them were selected in all categories for white, and I was like, wow. I mean, if you, you just you know, there, I mean, there were names, there were names of movies that hadn't even come out yet, at least not here. And mm-hmm. I'm going, and I'm Selma had been out since like the middle, of, you know, like in select theaters early, and you know, you could hear the accolades that Selma was getting, and not, I mean, not even getting the, you know production nod or any of that kind of stuff almost. It was just amazing. And, I mean, the 
the movie was great. But the bottom line of it is, you know, you don't get an Academy Award for, you know, Best Picture or any of those types of things. It just doesn't make sense to me. I mm-hmm. mean, but it, you look you look at these things, you can see there's a double standard, and it's unfortunate. And not only from a double standard as far as getting a nod for the Academy Award, but pay, too. I mean, if you, uh, the USA Today uh, last year put out um, how much the leading actors were getting. And Samuel Jackson at list. Samuel Jackson only get you know he you know one of the highest paid black actors now. So you're like, yeah. But it was four million dollars. Well, you know Brad Pitt getting ten million dollars a picture. And oh. I mean the shit, the shit that Brad Pitt's in is not even half as good as what Samuel Jackson's in, and you only getting giving him four million. So that I mean you look at you look at those numbers, and you look at the statistics, and you see it. And it's you know it's it's really mind blowing, and uh, you know like I said it's you know we have to fight. We got to pick up that we got to pick up that torch, and we need to fight for what's ours. But we need to do it in a, we need to do it in a you know in a way to where you know we can be heard. You know we don't need to be boisterous about it. We don't need to you know we need to be boisterous about it, but we don't need to be combative about it. Okay. All right. Very well said, sir. As far as the um the Selma movie, I haven't seen it, so I, I don't, and I haven't seen the movies that got the nod over it, so I can't honestly say if it deserved anything or not. Um, mm. But there were a lot of people who did see it who said that it should have been nominated. So you know, I can, I have to take their word for it. I haven't seen any of those movies that were nominated. But um, Bobby, I'll let you chime in on it, and then we'll have one more question. I go to Lady T and Crystal. Um. I forgot what the question was. Uh, well, basically, we started standard. off talking about the double standard of, of sexuality and um, yeah. how it plays a role in pop culture. Um, yeah, there's definitely a double standard. But um, at the same time, though, I think that we place a lot of that on ourselves, too, because um, it's not usually the, the white women that is crying foul when, you know, uh, one of our uh, black queens is out there, you know, showing the skin and stuff like that. It's usually our women doing that. So, um, so to be honest and to be fair, uh, most most of the backlash come from within, and then when it come from within, you got these guys who could potentially be uh, hiring these these women, looking at the backlash we're getting from within, and probably stepping back, saying, "Oh no, you know, I don't want to touch that." Uh, so, I look at it like this: if you don't, if that's that's something that you don't condone, or if you don't want to, you know, um, participate in, or you know, just just give somebody their props or whatever, then I say just don't say nothing at all. Because these women, you know, have a method they feel they need to. They got to eat. They got to, you know, um, you know, make a living and stuff like that. And personally, you know, some of it is, is you know, it's not as tasteful as we like to let on, you know. Um, uh, so so for the most part, though, it's, it's coming from within and it's spreading out. And so we need to, we need to um, just kind of like support our, support our women like that, you know? When I say support, I don't mean like, yeah, go out and do this and do that. But by the if it's done. Huh? <laughs> I said, buy the sex tape, support it. Oh, yeah, exactly, right? Get, <laughs> go buy those it. shower rods that Mimi, Mimi was selling. I know, right? So, you know, I think we just need to show, show some kind of support. Even if you don't uh, agree with what is being done, just think of it as, you know, okay, this person is, you know, they're, they're making a living. 
I mean, you know, you don't have to like it. Okay. All right. And, um, again, good points for everyone. Um, I think there is a double standard. And, I I mean, uh, the example I gave of Mimi in the shower ride, I'm sure she made some money. But is she a household (laughs) name like Paris Hilton or Kim Kardashian? Absolutely not. Will she be? Absolutely not. Is she just as talentless as they are? Absolutely. But there is a difference. So, um, you know, she'll make some money, but she'll never be on that level. Um, It would take someone who's already, like, huge, like Beyonce or uh, Nicki Minaj to kind of cross over in that realm. But, um, I mean, they would have no need of doing that because they actually have a talent. But uh, you get what I'm saying. All right, Lady T, this 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 question I think is perfect for you and Crystal. Um, Black women are not expected to be emotionally vulnerable. Okay, now researchers have suggested that the cultural expectations of the fortitude in black women kind of fuels the myth for the strong black women, quote-unquote, right, Uh, which compels her to push for unrealistic levels of self-sacrifice, self-denial, and ensuing emotional, emotional distress. Now, white women traditionally have not had to bear this cultural burden. So do you think that we have this strong black woman myth and that you all are expected to roll with the punches uh, simply because it's been culturally accepted in in society and it's kind of ingrained in our mind that if you dog a black woman out, she's going to bounce back? Of course. Of course that's, you know, the perception. That's the perception of black women from all races, you know, especially our own. I'm sorry? I say I agree. Yeah, um, and I can see personally in regards to that because if I say something to the point of I'm having a bad day or I'm just, you know, having a moment or anything, and then if I put that out there on social media, immediately I'm going to get the, oh, suck it up or you'll be okay or you're strong. or I mean, but what if I don't want to be strong at that moment? And I'm not strong all the time. You know, I'm I'm a human being just like everyone else, and it doesn't make me any less of who I am. I'm still a person, and I still have feelings, and the weight of the world gets on my shoulders just like it does anybody else. But, you know, we are supposed to always be strong and independent and be able to multitask and juggle 20 different um things at one time and still look good and wear our high heels and run the household and make sure the children are online and cook a seven-course meal and make money and, and then be a freak in the sheets and just do all of these things no matter what is going on, even mm-hmm. if we have a sick parent or we have a friend who needs us. I mean, it does not matter what is going on. The black woman still has a perception of, we got it. We can handle it. We can do it no matter what all the time. And I think it's unfair. And maybe we, maybe some of us have, have brought that upon ourselves, and I understand that, but I'm not, I don't want to, I'm not going to attack black women with this, with this question. I'm just not going to do it. I am going to represent, and I am going to speak up because, you know, we are often attacked for so many different things, but just because a person is having a bad moment or a bad day doesn't mean that they're not strong, doesn't mean that they can't handle 
the cards that they've been dealt, you know, it's it's not favored upon if we're crying or if we're frowning or if we look sad. It's really not favored upon. It's like, you know, immediately we have an attitude or something is wrong with us or we can't handle it or we can't do something. That's just uh-huh. not what the world sees when they think of a black woman. That's That's not who we are supposed to be. And probably because, okay, during slavery times and during all of those other times of the repression and the depression that black women did everything. They took care of everybody's children, including their own, and they did everything. And I understand all of that. However, you know, we're still people, we're still human, and we have our feelings and our moments too. And, and it doesn't take anything away from us. It doesn't take any positive attribute away from the black woman. And I think that perception is very unfair with all of the probably other thousands of negative perceptions that people have about black women. Okay. All right. Very well said. Crystal, I don't know if she left anything for you, but uh, I'll give you an opportunity to add to that if you can. Yeah, um, I hear what she's saying. Um, I I personally don't believe it's a myth. Um, I think that most black women are stronger because we have to be. Uh-huh. And this has been uh, generationally have been brought down. You can, and yes, you can take it all the way back to when we first got on, on this rock. And you can um, continue it to till today because we are, um, a lot of us are still having to do everything by ourselves. And with or without a man, okay, I'm not talking about men, but I'm I'm not going to even include that because I don't think that really has anything to do with it. I think um, there are still um, black women who are fighting and who are struggling every single day. I mean, I'm not even talking money. I'm talking just general struggle of whether it's racism, sexism, um, they're struggling um, to take care of their children. They are uh, struggling to do all the things, you know, that she already mentioned. Um, and you, you have, you, you're strong. You have to be strong, whether you want to be or not. You cry in the dark. You cry by yourself. You, you know, you take a deep breath and then you get right back out there because you have to. Okay, you have to. There's a reason why. There are more black women in college and in higher positions than there are black men because we have to. And because these little birds have their little beaks open and they want to be fed and we have to do it. And there's I mean there is no choice. So for some of us, not all, but for some of us, and I'm including myself in that, we have to be strong. And there is no there is no option. There is no choice. There is no oh well, you know, we'll let this person handle it today. Even if you have a man standing there beside you, a lot of times you cannot count on that, whether you can or not. You know, you in your mind you feel I can't count on that. I have to keep going. I have to to do everything. And then I have to, you know, and then in the end, and when it, I'll sleep when I'm dead <laughs> because right. I have to keep going. 
And so I really don't think it's a myth. I think it is the product of our culture, of what has happened to us uh, over the over the generations, and this is just who we are in a, in a general sense. And, yes, a lot of us are on the defense a lot because we are ready to, for the fight that may or may not be there to come. But we, we are ready because we have to be, just like I was saying earlier. You have to be twice as good for, for less. And that what, what what does that do to a person, though? You know, what does that do to you? You say, well, why are you so angry? Why are you so this? And why are black women so this? Damn! <laughs> you know, because I, I'm in the fight right now. This is fucking war every damn day to make sure there's food on the table. There's, there, my children get some, you know, leave the house and come home alive. I mean, these are things that black women have to deal with on a daily basis. And then, yeah, I still have to wear six-inch heels and fuck this idiot. So, yeah. You know, we may be a little upset sometimes, or it may come off that way. So, I mean, I don't think it's a myth. It, it may be, it may, I think it's getting be- getting better uh-huh. in a way. Um, I think it's changing, but I think it's the, the shift is not so much in um, what we have to do, uh, but how we do it. Um, we may have more money, we may have higher positions. But the struggle is still real. <laughs> it is still very, very real. So, okay. Excellent. Excellent responses, everyone. And um, just the overall, just all the responses given tonight were very good. A lot of examples. And hopefully people can get an understanding of some of the things that black people may go through. And, again, it would have been nice to have someone of another ethnicity represent. But, like I said, it's never too late. Email me at talktoq at gmail.com. Hit me up on Twitter at talktoq or go to my fan page at talktoq on Facebook, and you can comment um, better late than never and give your opinion. So a round of applause for everyone for doing such a great job. Um, On Wednesday, tomorrow, February 4th, uh, we take a look at why it seems as if it's trending to divorce after over a decade of marriage. Um, you know, the show is called Now You Want a Divorce, and I can speak from personal experience that uh, I've encountered at least three or four people who have been uh, married between the years of 10 and one as long as 22 years who are calling it quits. Are they getting divorced because it's easy? Is it because the kids are grown, midlife crisis, or what? We'll discuss that tomorrow at 10 p.m. Eastern on the Talk to Q radio show. No experts, just opinions. And um, I was looking back on Twitter, and I didn't know Mayor Yarber was following me on Twitter. I didn't, didn't know that. Okay. Um, which is cool, you know, that the show is respected enough to be followed by the mayor. Um, I had a situation about three weeks ago where a news journalist reached out to me about information on a victim um, of a murder. And um, he was a local rapper, and she assumed that because I do the show and I've interviewed a bunch of people, that I might have information on his his rap moniker and his website or something like that. And I was flattered that she even came to me, you know, because this is like a a lead reporter, a lead journalist for um, WAPT. So I thought that was kind of cool. 
And even though I didn't know anything about the dude, but I still think it's nice that the show is respected enough to have journalists approach me for information and to have the mayor pay attention to the tweets. All right, final thoughts. And, Buck, I'll start with you. First of all, how is respect earned? And give your final thoughts. Well, as far as um, respect earned, I think what we have to do as people, we have to we have to change ourselves. And when we change ourselves, then we will, you know, and, and act accordingly. Um, then we will earn the respect of, of others. Uh, too, far too long we try to pass the book, so to speak, and say it's, you know, other people's fault or, you know, and it's really at this point, in order for us to be free the way we want to be free, we got to look at ourselves and make the changes first. Um, we can't, we, and I think we've gone far too long in this in this country saying it's other folks' fault when we got to look at ourselves. You know, <laughs> you know, it's uh, the black on black crime and things of that nature, um, and not you know, not owning up to you know things that we do wrong, and you know, you know, we try to give our own self a pass for doing something bad, and that doesn't make sense to me. So, I mean, for us to get to earn the respect. That we're well, you know, that we're searching for. We got to look at ourselves in the mirror, make those changes first, and then, you know, we'll start getting some respect, you know, and that's that's what we're gonna have to do. And as much as hard as it is for some of us to do that, <laughs> that's what we gotta do. And uh, I think we do that as a whole, and then support each other too. I mean, I think is we've gone far too long by not supporting each other. You know, we wait until they start making it big, and then all of a sudden we try to spoil. Oh yeah, that's my homeboy and stuff like that. I, I went went to school with them and all that kind of stuff, and then talked to them since school. So we need to, you know, support each other. And if we do those two things right there. I think we'll start getting some of the respect that we're looking for. So other than that, I love the views that everybody you know we're talking about tonight. Uh, you know, it's really cool to you know hear. So many, you know, everybody's passionate about about this topic, and uh, it was good to hear all the all the pot, you know, all the stuff that was said tonight because it really made a lot of sense. And I hope some people, even the ones who didn't call in, can take something from you know what we shared tonight and apply it to your daily lives. So other than that, most definitely. Other than that, everybody have a great night, and uh, talk to you guys tomorrow. Thank you very much, sir. And Crystal. How is respect earned? And your final thoughts, please. Um, well, as a piggyback on Buck, I guess uh, respect is earned by your actions. And um, just with anything, you have to lead by example. And if you want respect, you have to give respect and you have to act respectable in order and to show it. And in, in, in what you do and how you treat people and how you carry yourself and how you um, navigate through the world. And that's easy to recognize, and people respect you for that, and they'll tell you. You don't have to tell, let people know that I should be respected because of this. People will respect you, and they'll let you know that I respect you for what you just said or what you just did. Um it's something, and that's real respect. It's not nothing you can ask for. It's something that um, is given by your actions, and that and that's how you ask for it. People, you know, you say, "Well, you have to ask for what you want." Well, you act like it, and people people recognize it. You know, it's not that hard to recognize. 
Um, but good show. Uh, I wasn't really expecting anyone else to call in, actually. <laughs> I wasn't expecting any any anyone of uh, white to call in, um, unless it was a prank call or something. But um, I was expecting that, actually. I'm amazed that didn't happen. And um, But a uh, very good show, and I look forward to tomorrow night. And I don't have much to offer tomorrow night for that show, except for some comical you know, stuff I may throw out there. But other than that, <laughs> other than that, um, great show. You guys. Thank you very much, Mel. Thank you for the contributions. Lady T? Um, respect How is respect earned? earned? Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yes. Respect is earned with you carry yourself like you demand respect. Respect is earned when you are not selective with whom you show respect to. You cannot, um, and don't get me wrong, I understand that, you know, people will not respect folks who are disrespecting them and things of that nature. However, you can't choose to respect the CEO of the company but disrespect the janitor or the custodian. So I believe that everyone needs to be treated with the same amount of respect just because they're a human being and they're a person and they're being respectful towards you and who you are. And like I said, and I have a problem with people who choose to um, show people respect based on social class or status or education or things of that nature. None of those things determines a person's worth as being a human being. And I know those things have its place as far as stature and education and things of that nature, but as far as being respectful and showing others respect, none of that shouldn't matter. And everyone should be treated the same. And basically just follow, you know, follow the golden rule. It doesn't, it doesn't hurt to follow the golden rule. You know, you treat others the way you want to be treated. And you have to treat yourself with respect. So I think that's a big part of it. You sure. know, you have to treat yourself with respect and, and, and demand respect. And I don't mean demand respect by the way you talk to people as far as harshly. You demand respect by the way you carry yourself, by the way you present yourself. That's how you demand respect. And I think the show, as far as my closing statements, the show is very good tonight. I really enjoyed the way that even though there were, you know, some differences of opinions or may um, or should I say the way that people perceived the topic, there were differences in that regard, but people were respectful. No one was attacking anyone, and no one was really attacking any other race. It was just simply stating their viewpoints and their experiences and their feelings in regards to the questions that were posed in tonight's show, and and I really, um, I thought that was great. And it it shows also the growth and the integrity and respect that the group have for themselves and for their communities and for um, their race and other races as well. Very well stated, ma'am. I appreciate that. And Dr. Willis? How is respect earned and your final thoughts? Um, my take on it may be a little bit different than everybody else's. Um, I, I, I hand out respect like candy, I'll be honest with you, um, because of the simple fact that um, 
I'm not going to let somebody dictate my attitude. You know what I mean? So I feel like, you know, and, and we also got to define what respect is. You know what I mean? And most, in, in my, in my mind, respect is, a, you know, deep admiration, a deference or a regard, you know, for someone. Now, while a stranger may not have my deep admiration or my, or any deference, but they will have, you know, my regards. So in, from from that perspective, they're going to have my respect. It's up to them whether or not they keep that respect. So I don't feel like respect should have to be earned at all anyway, you know, to be honest with you. You know, I think that, you know what I'm saying, it should be freely given. Uh, because it, once you let someone dictate how you are and how you act towards them, you're giving them power. All right? Sure. You're not going to get you're not gonna get my power. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to give you your respect, but it's up to you to keep it. So, so that's my take on the respect issue. Uh, my final thought, um, I want to just talk about uh, one particular thing. I'm not going to go through all, all we talked about tonight because it was a lot of stuff. But uh, I think that with with the situation with the women, right, uh, what was that? I'm trying to think of the formulate the last, that last topic. I think the was, one um, on the sexuality or the one on the um, being strong? Nah, not the, it was it was after that one. I think uh, T and Crystal talked on it. I think it was about uh, being strong. Yeah, I, okay, I guess so. Yeah, so I think everything that they said is is spot on. You know, saying a lot of women out there doing it on their own, doing it by themselves, and stuff like that. But sometimes I think we get we lose sight, uh, you know, in the numbers because um, you know even though they are they are out there doing it. Sometimes we have to ask why they're doing it by themselves, you know, because, um, you know, then, you know, a lot of them aren't forced to be doing it by themselves, you know what I'm saying? They choose to do it by themselves. And yeah. I always say this because um, right now we, we're going into, we're we're transitioning into a period of, of and, and like I said, I don't want to offend any women on this, but, I'm just, um, but, you know, I think we need to talk about it. We're transitioning into a period of the over-victimization of women. You know, the least little thing, is going to trigger, you know, trigger women coming out in groups, you know, talking about, oh, you know, you know, they can they can go pop a guy and then get hit back, oh, you know, it's domestic violence. You know, they get invite a guy to their, you know, their rooms and have sex with him. Next thing you know, they don't like the guy later on down the line, oh, he raped me. You know, so we're getting to the, we're getting to the point now where we're, we're transitioning to this dangerous period. And that's not to take away from anything that they said. But a lot of times, though, you know what I'm saying, the, the numbers, the statistics, and all this stuff get skewed. Because um, I think, you know, black men have it just as hard as black women. And if not, we, I mean, you know, if not more so, because, if we, you know, we can walk outside our, our house, not only do we have to worry about, you know what I'm saying, white folks, the establishment, and all this stuff, we got to worry about our own brothers down the road, next, next house over, you know? So we have it just as hard. We are, you know, and we understand the struggle. But don't don't feel like you're in it by yourself. You know what I'm saying? So that's when you start to alienate us and men don't do their jobs to stand up and support you because they're feeling alienated. I think we need to have that have that discussion. And I'm not gonna get too deep into it. Maybe it's another topic for another show, but I think that um, you know, it's something worth sitting down talking about. All right. Okay, sir. Thank you very much. I appreciate that perspective. And um, yeah, I mean we can always Branch out to another topic for sure. And uh, Miss Boom Boom, your final thoughts. You know, how's respect earned? And your final thoughts. Ah, I thank you. Uh, this time I take it the best is for last. <laughs> but uh, I appreciate that, uh, Mr. Q. And, uh, <laughs> yes. 
Go ahead. The on on all three of the last people that are, uh, I respect everybody's opinion, including the brother, even if he thinks he, he's just as vulnerable. You can be. But if men would be what God has created them to be, just like God has created women to be what they ought to be, stand up and be strong, be a man. Pull up your pants. Put them around your waist with a belt. You open it, fine. You earn it just like women got to earn it because we got to work twice as hard to get half the respect that any job we get. Get an opportunity for an appearance. And if you've been in our shoes as women, having to fill the shoes many times where men need to be as a father, then a lot of times women wouldn't feel like they're so neglected and so vulnerable in so many ways. And as far as earning respect, you want respect as a man, be a man. You get your respect. Take that pick that's in your hair and that has a little fist on it. Take that pit that's in your hair, and instead of having that say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud look, comb your hair. I won't see no nappy, bumpy-looking hair that look like you just got up out the bed. And that goes for sisters with that, that too. And, you know, say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud. Michael Jackson, he couldn't have said it better. The late, great Michael Jackson, man in the mirror. We got to look at ourselves. That goes for men and women. Respect yourself by the staple singer. Hey, you like old school music. That's where I like to go, too. Remember that song? And yeah. then respect. Period by the woman of Queen of Soul herself, Aretha Franklin. She was fighting for respect way back then when she was 18 years old. And uh, and then the last one, In Vogue. Free your mind, you know. Free your mind. On their their, their album, uh, I think they were like the Funky Beavers back in 1992. I love that. You know, and free, the rest will follow. And uh, hopefully we'll have enough love and respect for one another no matter whether we're man, woman, boy, or girl. And, and the world will see us for who we are, somebody that's worthy of being respectful. And I respect you too, brother. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Excellent music references, by the way, as well. And I hate to steal your thunder, though, but actually Eminem is last. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but least I'm the last woman. I thank you. Yeah, that's a great finish. That's a great, strong finish, but, but Eminem going to shut it down for me tonight. Eminem, how oh, do you yeah. earn and your, th- your final thoughts? Respect is simple as this, man. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just saying it from my personal standpoint. You know, I don't respect the motherfucker who don't respect me. But I'm never going to disrespect somebody first. So, you know, and I pretty much apply that to everything. Um, uh, one of the best examples of earned respect is something that I think every black person in modern times need to be talking about. Uh, you know, you always hear negative stuff coming out of the inner cities or whatever, but uh, I was reading this stuff on Yahoo. This brother walked 21 miles, and uh, this cat from Detroit walked 21 miles to work and shit. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, people need to be talking that. about that. Right. Because, you know, you, you'll hear people say, okay, yeah, it's true. We do need to clean up our own communities. But now when you have somebody that's perceived to be of a certain mentality, and you see them doing the opposite. Well, we need to put this person on the pedestal. You know why? Because them little brothers and sisters that's in his neighborhood, if they see, uh, quote-unquote, the normal black people putting these type of people on a pedestal, maybe they'll want to be, you know, like, well, shit, man, you know, I don't I don't have a job. Let me see if I can just walk 21 miles. It's better than breaking in somebody's car or something. So, you know, uh, I think that, you know, we really need to look a hard, take a hard look at, you know, the total situation. And, you know, we need to start letting people know that 
if you want to calm down the fear that a lot of white people have of us, uh, it's up to us to balance. You know, like what I try to do, guess what? Oh, yes, exactly true. If, if somebody were to tell me, you know, all this negative stuff and all this stuff about Jackson, I'm like, yeah, I can't argue. I can't disagree with it. But you know what it's up to me to do? It's up to me to to come back with naming for every motherfucker that got killed, for every motherfucker that that's robbing somebody or something stupid. It's it's for me and everybody else who's tried to halfway be a decent person to counter that with like, hey, you ever heard of this dude? You know, I work with this dude that's got his own show. Used to work with this cat that's got his own show. He's doing something positive. You know, he on the outside area. I know this cat that's doing this. I know this lady that's doing that. You know, I know this dude that's tutoring kids out of his house. You know, I, I know some kids that can do this and that. You know, and, uh, yeah, I, I also know this kid that broke into this house, but the guy next to him, did you know he had missed a day of school since the first grade and now he's in the 12th grade? Did you know that? It's up for me to tell you that. You know what I'm saying? So uh, nobody's going to fix this shit for us. You know, we got to do it ourselves, and 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 that's how you change the image. You give, you do the same shit that Hollywood has done. You do the same shit that the newspapers and periodicals have done. You decide what you want the image to be, and it's not that nothing else happens. Is that this is what when you hear me talking, you're gonna hear me talking about this when it's come to my own people. You see what I'm saying? And likewise with anybody else. You know, uh, people people got it twisted. Hell, everybody from China ain't hard working and shit. Everybody from you know uh, some of these other countries and stuff is not just you know. Oh, I'm all about my books and stuff. You got motherfuckers killing people and stealing shit too. Now they have harsher rules, of course. So, but it ain't like it don't happen. So, you know, I'm just saying to black people, you know, if you know something that's good about your own people. Say that too. Yeah, we need to hear bad shit. Yeah, but, but guess what? Everybody tell us bad shit, but we need to say some good shit. Um, uh, the like the race car stuff. Like I say, you know, um, I, I think it's bullshit. I think it's bullshit when people accuse people of pulling the race car because number one, you have to look at who's saying it first of all. If if it's one person saying it and nobody else is saying it, well, it probably is bullshit. But it's just like anything else. When you hear everybody saying it and you say, well, hey, you know, uh, I hear Myron talk about black shit all the time. I hear Bob talk about black shit all the time. But, you know, but but John, he's black, and I don't ever hear him say, you know, you know, oh, they just did this man like that because he's black. So when you hear everybody saying that, you know, everybody's not always pulling the race card. That just demeaning shit, you know. And and what are you what are you scared of? Because like I say, if it don't apply to you, it don't apply to you. Simple as that. Sure. You know, and for this country to go forward, people have to stop taking shit so personal. I'm not talking about black people. I'm talking about white people. Stop taking this shit so damn personal. If a black man is somewhere having a good time, you know, in the same way you could be in a bar or anything else. Now, if something offends them, they might say, man. I can't stand them, them motherfuckers there or something like that. You know, everybody take it with a grain of salt. If a black man talking about, man, I can't stand that motherfucker there, he pulled me over for nothing. Now, all of a sudden, your race getting attacked. Man, ain't nobody attacking your race. 
I'm talking about this dude sitting right here. So stop that shit. You know, we cool, bro. I ain't got no problem with you. <laughs> so, uh, you know, until we, you know, until everybody come to the table with some real sit down stuff. And first of all, slavery has to be acknowledged. It can't be some shit like, oh shit, well that ain't apply to me. Yeah, it do apply to you. Every fucking thing in the past affect the future. You know, that's nonsense. That's just like having a uh uh a mom that was a millionaire in nineteen hundred. You don't think her 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 grandkids affected now, great great grandkids affected now versus somebody's been on welfare for for five generations straight. You don't think it's gonna be a difference? That's bullshit. Of course it's gonna be a difference. You know what I'm saying? So Yeah, so um, you know, to 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 white America who really wanna make a difference, you know, the first thing need to be, you know, when you're talking to your black friends or coworkers or whatever, chill out. If they vent about Something on TV where another black person get killed or something like that is not against you, man. It ain't got nothing to do with your ass. Chill out. Chill out with that shit, you know. Don't sit up and say, oh, God, he's mad. We might not need to get close to him today. Motherfucker, I, I could have beat your ass last week. I ain't thinking about you. I'm talking about this motherfucker on TV right here. So chill out with that shit. Okay. You know, and uh, last thing I'm saying, you know, I don't want to get on this this female stuff, but... uh. You know, um, women need to be more vulnerable and stuff. And because, see, a guy uh, will approach you faster genuinely if he know you weaker, you know. Um, I can't, you know, I mean, I mean, I bought two Cadillacs off that shit, you know, so keep it going. But, no, nah, this is a serious topic. <laughs> this, um, you know, this is, this is a very needed topic. I'm, pretty, I'm glad you put it out there, man. I know I know I done went for a minute, but I had to make up for the time I was late getting on being stuck at work and shit, so. Okay. Like I said, I was giving some leeway tonight, so I appreciate mm-hmm. it, and I appreciate everyone's contribution. And, Miss Boom Boom, you didn't do your sign-off, did you? No, I didn't I didn't, I didn't uh, sign-off. What's up? What you mean? Your sign-off, your signature sign-off. Oh, well, uh, Sure. Boom, boom, pow, pow, how you like me now? Everybody don't feel the way that last dude right now, but I hope he has a chicken instead of a cow. Boom, boom, pow, pow, how you like me now? (laughs) (laughs) And that's going to be the last word of the night. Uh, I had some callers I was unable to get to. I apologize for that. Um, I also apologize to some people who I may have accidentally skipped over through parts of the show. got distracted with Twitter, and I may have gotten out of order. But um, that's why I was really adamant about everyone getting time to speak in case I missed you on a particular question. Uh, thanks to my show legends, callers, tweet chatters, and everyone who participated on tonight's show. If you want to hear more T2Q off the air, um, well, if you want more of T2Q off the air, then ask to join the exclusive Facebook group called T2Q. Just search for it on Facebook and ask for an invite because it's private. Um, and you can get a heavy dose of T2Q every day in the group on Facebook. Um, I throw out like four or five topics a day that we kind of discuss, and we have a lot of fun with it. Sometimes it gets heated. That's just how it goes. You can also email your comments to me at talktoqnow at gmail.com, and I'll read them on the air. And you can request to be a guest um, at that email address as well. Just Google Talk to Q or T2Q if all else fails. Everyone have a great night. Peace out.
talk to you tomorrow at 10 p.m. Eastern, where we discuss divorces. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? It's almost like posting a blog, except I'm doing it live. Call it, go ahead. Oh, that came out. Oh, all kinds of freaky. That's not what I meant. <laughs> you want to be my blog lover. My name is Quincy. The Talk to Q Radio Show. But I do believe that the love for money and power most of the time outweighs their love for women. And this is my show. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was saying too. I think I'm still doing a lot of shows with this, this thing too. Cause... Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? Is that it?